So welcome to another episode of the MSIE podcast. Uh, I'm with Rafael Moralia from uh, C5 and uh, would like to welcome him to the podcast. Hey, Rafael. Hey, Fouad. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Good to be finally uh, talking to you and meeting you. We've exchanged a few uh, messages earlier in, uh, over Slack, so uh, I'm happy to be um, finally talking to you. So uh, uh, you want to give us a bit of an introduction about yourself? Yeah, my pleasure. So uh, you say it's right. My name is Rafael Moralia because it's from Italy. Um, I live in Paris and basically the four to five years that I've spent so far in the EdTech ecosystem are what makes me busy every day. Fantastic. I see you have a whiteboard at your back. You've been uh, uh, keeping that uh, in hand, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely, because um, actually with my previous startup Skillogs, uh, I developed uh, digital tools to personalize the, every curriculum, every syllabus, but I'm a trainer as well, and I, uh, I give courses on site, usually, every Friday, but uh, with the current situation, even these courses online. But I remain uh, in, uh, in the facilities and uh, the whiteboard is my main tool every day. Fantastic. So uh, uh, tell us a bit about your, uh, your work at uh, uh, Skill Logs, since you've already mentioned that and um, what that entailed. I see that uh, you've spent about over four years, roughly four years and a half uh, as the CEO of uh, skill logs. Let's hear about that and then learn more about what you've been up to uh, more recently. Sure. Actually, uh, six years ago, I decided to retrain. Um, before, my first career was catering. So I worked in restaurants as a chef, as a waiter, as a wine sommelier. Lots of interesting things, actually, <laughs> when you like food. Uh, but uh, there was an issue with my wife. She wanted me available on weekends. So uh, naturally, to, yeah, that can explain. Yeah. <laughs> so um, she advised me to retrain in IT engineering because uh, I had a degree, uh, associate degree at, uh, at the time, and um, I retrained actually uh, six years ago. Um, and as an apprentice in IT engineering. So I discovered the vocational training ecosystem and the lack of digital tools in that ecosystem uh, in France and uh, in some other countries. So I decided to start my own startup with uh, three other co-founders and we founded Skillogs. That was a learning management system digital platform to learn everything that you want, but in the personalized way. So depending on your strength and your weaknesses and the time that you have, the content is different from students to students. Awesome. So it's um, 
um, basically a different form of Khan Academy, uh, but customizable for the schools themselves. Is, is that uh, a good uh, roundup of uh, the idea? Yeah. Yeah, and I would say that's definitely a, a good way to consider it. Mm -hmm. Even the difficulty that, that we had is the content that Khan Academy has, actually. So it's even better to explain. We could say, hey, if we could discuss with Khan Academy and mix a beautiful personalized platform with very proficient content from them, it would be really, really amazing. Interesting. And then you moved on to uh, Cetra Group uh, in Paris. Uh, nice times. <laughs> so uh, what do you do there? So uh, different things. First, <laughs> uh, it's been around six, six months that I'm a trainer every Friday. Uh, I'm a course on uh, digital actually, digital and selling, because that's basically management courses, um, HR, marketing, and I give courses uh, on digital using WordPress, PrestaShop, um, social networks and stuff like this. So I've started with the one day per week courses uh, with two, three different classes. And now um, I help the, the whole group to make the good decisions with digital tools and digitalization uh, of the vocational centers. The, that group is around, has around 600 students in Paris. And the whole network related to that group is um, 2,500 students. And as you may know, in France, we stopped school one week ago, remaining at home. So basically, the last week was really dedicated to launch all the digital tools for every trainer and every student all day long. So that's a huge challenge. And that's kind of very important to me to, to help the group to, to be successful in that part. And is the infrastructure uh, the good enough for such a massive, well, I, know I could imagine uh, it's Paris. If it's not good enough, then I don't know where it would be. <laughs> well, two things. Yes, Paris has good infrastructures. Yes, we have good tools and, uh, and we have good networks. But when everybody is there, mm -hmm. Time, that's pretty different, but so far we're not bad. We're not bad at all. Yeah, it's, it, because I can imagine when ISPs are designing their uh, their packages, they don't expect every citizen in the whole city to be connected all the time, streaming content, you know. So uh, yeah, the the capacities must be uh, are probably being tested to the to the max. Uh, but uh, it is what it is. You got to make do what, what, with what you have. What you have, I guess. Well, actually, that's a good way to test uh, how it works in a in large scale. Yeah. Indeed. So you're passionate about education, and uh, I see you've dedicated a long time in that field. You continue to 
dedicate time in that area. What else are you passionate about? Um, uh, I, I love really diplomacy. I mean, love it. Uh, understanding the countries, the cultures, how they work, how you can deal with some kind of conflicts. That's something that's really, I, I'm passionate about it, to really understand geopolitics and uh, how things work. It's the first part. Second part is much more about hockey. Uh, I don't like many, many sports, but for hockey, I used to live in Montreal for four years, so definitely got the virus there. Mm -hmm. and, um, it's something really tricky because in France, when you watch um, hockey games from uh, the US or Canada, it's uh, during the night and I think my wife is crazy about that because you know, watching even in your smartphone or the tablet but looking at all the games you know during the night so that's kind of a little tricky situation mm -hmm. but uh, there's plenty of things in that sport but I think it's relevant to lots of sports but that can be really connected to some rules that you can have in life uh, or you can organize social things and uh, how you motivate groups. And that's something really connected to what we learn to the MSIE curriculum in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, uh, I, can, I can definitely make the connection. And uh, you will probably find in a lot of business books analogies that came from sports, uh, sport, sport coaches or sports in general, you know, um, uh, it's uh, very popular in the American approach of management. They do a lot of explanations with baseball and football, uh, American football. And um, perhaps in Europe it's soccer, uh, or as, as, we, as everybody else calls it, football, actually. <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, can, I can see the, the relationship. Uh, it's always an interesting study of how you can organize people with different levels of motivation to achieve a singular goal. Yeah, that's definitely a research lab in <laughs> a way. Yeah, to, in one form or another, yes. Mm -hmm. So why did you decide on joining the MSIE program? Good question. Mm. Um, um, how can I say that? I had a wonderful experience with Kilogs for four years, really. But I really felt that uh, I was lacking some kind of competences. I love innovation. I love to innovate. Actually, if I don't make things that's not related to innovation, my motivation is really, really low. So. I love innovation and I would like to be part of uh, a full process of innovation. And that's what I tried with Skillers. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur. I have the spirit. I, I, I feel and live as an entrepreneur. But I think there's some kind of competences that I don't have yet. And so last year, I was like, okay, there's that kind of really, really interesting program with the GC. 100% online, and you know how uh, I am connected to the EdTech ecosystem, so it was really interesting to me. 
And most important, um, I applied last year to the HEC incubator. Mm -hmm. And the topic of uh, my application was, okay, I got a startup that has a learning management system like uh, a Coursera-like. And I was like, okay, let's try to be connected and let's try the MSIE program in my platform just to, uh, to make it fully personalized. And that was the beginning of the process. And to be able to apply, yes, okay, what kind of courses uh, have, you, uh, have you attended with the HEC? So basically I was uh, looking at what's, what was possible uh, in the Coursera ecosystem and I, and I have that information about the MSIE and I said, okay, I need this program and uh, I will attend it whatever I will be on the HEC incubator or not. And I was not selected. So basically I didn't give up for the MSAE program anyway, because that's a really interesting one. And I hope that it will really help me to, to be a better entrepreneur and a better innovator. That's a, a very thorough approach for what you plan to do. Uh, and I think uh, if you uh, uh, obviously the learning experience is going to be great, the content, the material, and uh, testing the um, the format itself. But I also think that you will gain a lot of feedback from our colleagues, um, especially concerning the challenges that we faced with the Coursera platform, for instance. It's not bad, but uh, there's a lot of room for improvement and the market uh, is ripe for more players, especially in Europe, I would say. Um, yeah. And, and uh, even in the US, the capacity, um, the market would, would be able to accommodate a few more big players because you know, demand is gonna be massive and um, these systems, tend to kind of break when, when you scale them very quickly. Uh, so uh, they depend on having people with great skills and uh, scaling introduces its own technical challenges. That's right. And uh, what we experienced, even if I, uh, I'm not with Skillings anymore, but uh, from the week before the decision from the French government to confine everybody, and the week after, there was like 1,000 times more connections in the platform, and the platform never came down. So that was really a, a pride for me, because we have lots of improvement to make in that platform. But what was really important for us was no crash ever. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. And uh, are you using Amazon AWS by any chance? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and you know why? Because when you work in a tech ecosystem, in the French tech ecosystem, we are requested to use uh, French servers guaranteed. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, the, the, one of the friendly platforms we work with uses AWS with success. But uh, we work with a very, very interesting uh, French startup in servers named Clever Cloud. That makes Clever Cloud. That's in the name. And uh, it works pretty well. 
That's very interesting. Very interesting. And especially that you guys managed to, uh, to accommodate a thousand times more traffic and, Imagine. To, and, and not crash. Yeah. You know, in France, there's uh, an institution called CNED that's for every uh, primary and secondary schools, uh, a public uh, distance learning mm -hmm. system. Mm -hmm. And their servers crashed uh, last week. I mean, the news, news websites services were crashing. And, you know. Yeah. <laughs> crazy because too, too many connections. So that's really, that's really a a good thing for EdTech actually because it helps to really understand what's expected when everybody's learning at the same time because mm. everybody is on site most of the time so there's mm. no issues about it but when um, you have governments or, or regional institution that say okay are you able to uh, to welcome all people at the same time if it's if it comes that everybody connects at the same, does it work? Today we have the, the answers actually. Today it's like a, a, a full, full uh, overall test of what kind of solutions is ready and mature and the ones that's in improvement. That's, that's very interesting. But what, what a beautiful ecosystem, I mean, Every, uh, uh, um, I was a member of EdTech France, an institution that like gathers all uh, stakeholders from, uh, from EdTechs. And uh, it's almost 250 members, I guess. And everybody is involved to be able to propose the best solutions to, to make the best connection possible uh, for every student, either in a primary or secondary school, higher education, vocational training. That's a, uh, a really particular period for that. So, uh, moving on, you've you've put a lot of time and uh, and effort in in education, and now you're joining, and and you've put that also in an entrepreneurial venture for for a number of years. Uh, so, what? What would your next plans be? What do you expect to achieve, let's say, on the long run, in a five-year uh, period? And I know uncertainty is extremely high these days with the, with COVID nineteen and everything. But uh, a bit about a bit beyond that. Yeah, sure. Well, that's not really difficult to think about it because uh, when I, I stopped with Skillags. Uh, it was really uh, connected to financial issues because when you scale uh, or you want to scale a startup, there's some kind of issues that really uh, make me fully sure about myself that I need to improve, to upscale uh, in, the, in the financial parts and entrepreneur parts. So thanks to MSIE. Probably uh, I'm going to be a little bit more skilled in this field. But uh, I won't leave the tech ecosystem. I'm not ready for that. Um, and uh, since you know a little bit about the MSIE program, we have uh, another phase that will come where we will challenge some kind of uh, 
entrepreneur projects. Uh, I got plans to really disrupt the language learning market because uh, we have plenty, it's, it's a very mature market, but with lots of common and uh, same-like solutions. Mm -hmm. So I really want to work on being able to learn much more efficiently and much more quickly a language. Hmm. That's very interesting. I'll be learn lots of languages. Uh, I'll, I'll be happy to be one of your beta users. You will be my first beta user. What Perfect. kind of language would you like to learn? I would like to learn Italian, French, and Spanish. So French and Spanish are in the pipe of the first languages that will be implemented. So you need to be not the beta tester, too late, the okay. alpha tester. All right, alpha, great. <laughs> I'll be happy to do that. Um, that's, uh, that's very interesting. And, and by the way, um, a lot of our colleagues are interested in joining projects or joining a team leader who's planning to actually commercialize a project because some of the projects um, that would be a, a part of the phase two aren't necessarily going to be commercialized or the owners are just um, proposing a project for the sake of the course and, and that's okay but uh, a lot a lot of our colleagues are interested in uh, you know going the uh, the extra mile and if that's what you're planning to do i'm pretty sure you'll find a very interesting team uh, around you speaking of which i hear you're uh, planning to to run for delegate for cohort five tell us a bit about that you heard correctly the news uh, well, actually, yes, and for several reasons um, that I talked about in my video, actually, <laughs> of candidacy, but, um, you know, it, it, it all started with uh, HEC. HEC is a wonderful institution that I know for years because I'm from France, so when you, we're talking about crowds, schools in France, you you think about HEC first, obviously. And uh, being part of that academic ecosystem is really, really, really interesting. You learn a lot. And uh, I've always been in, in network to help every stakeholders to, to grow uh, uh, from time to time. And I know that HEC got great programs, great teachers, great environment. We have great students on the other hand. And in both sides, we always need to improve things. You, you, you talked earlier about improving the Coursera ecosystem. We could improve the way we, we, we motivate the group in, a, in the cohort, uh, events, what are our specific issues when we are a hundred person learner? The things that I've thought for three or four years with Skillogs. That's topics that I know a lot. Certification, we have kind of an issue about the certification process because it's complicated to understand the certification process in France. I know it by heart. I work at C3 with one of the best guys that knows everything about certification. And 
I mean, that ecosystem, these skills must be gathered. And, and I want to help on that, on that topic. So basically it was like really obvious that I wanted to help and, and to run for that saying, okay, we have to discuss between us inside the cohort. You need to, to be a real team again about sports mm. and, um, and same thing about HEC. And sometimes you need people that are here and that can go, go back and forth between all stakeholders and make the best things possible uh, in, a, in, in the ecosystem, in the, in the curriculum. So that's exactly why I wanted to, to run for, now, for that candidacy. Then uh, I wish you the best of luck and uh, I hope you, you'll inform me that you won very soon. When, when do you uh, guys cast a vote? When is the final count? Uh, actually, uh, Cheryl Morisot requested for one more week because uh, there was uh, uh, a small amount of candidates, but uh, it will start next week. So at the end of next week, we'll know who the winners are. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. So best of luck with that. And uh, I, uh, I hope that uh, listeners from uh, Cohort 5 would give you their vote. I personally endorse you uh, because uh, you seem to be the man uh, that can unite the team together. Uh, good luck with that. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And uh, uh, apart from academics and uh, uh, professional goals and MSIE, uh, Tell us a bit about uh, failures. You know, uh, that's a common question we ask here on the podcast because it's a common theme in entrepreneurship. Is there anything you'd like to share when it comes to failure? Your personal experience with that? In five years' time, in 2025, right? I uh, know. Uh, uh, anything that uh, that uh, you can share that. Any lesson you've learned from failure or ch overcoming challenges? Okay. Um, you know, um, related to Skillogs, uh, we had some kind of very bad failures in some specific topics, financial, about uh, some really, really specific issues that, that we learn a lot from. And at the time when it was really difficult to know, do we have to keep going, to give up and things like this? You have people around you and they were really connected to, 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 to Skillogs uh, customers actually. And you have like people, I mean human beings that knows you as a person, as an entrepreneur, as a seller, as everything, and that are here and say, we are human beings. I know that there's some kind of tough periods, but we believe in you and we will help you to recover. That's, that's really important because when you're in, in bad experiences, in, uh, in, fa in failures that, uh, that hurt you, uh, you need people to help you because that's probably the period where you the weakest. So you don't know exactly how to act, how to react. People are, are mad around it. 
And you have people that are here that exactly understand the situation and that help you. And that's definitely something that that's important to, to say. Even if you know people that's currently failing at something or you are failing at something in particular, at a personal, professional level, whatever, it's really important to have somebody to help you, to give you the hand. That's definitely something that I would like to do if I was able to do it, to help. And that's definitely something that helped me. And it was like a month ago. It was not years ago. So mm. it's really, really fresh in the mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can definitely relate. It's, uh, it's important to, to perhaps disconnect yourself from the project as well, you know, because uh, after uh, four years and a half, for instance, on a project or even after six months on a project, uh, it kind of becomes part of you and you confuse your identity with the project uh, as a separate identity at one point, you know, and you need to distance yourself and you need people there to, to help you distance yourself and, uh, and basically reconfirm that this is this happens it's part of uh, entrepreneurship it's part of life and uh, you know you can you can overcome this absolutely uh, so uh, i think we should uh, try and wrap up uh, because you know uh, our listeners uh, have a limited time so uh, I'd like to know a bit about your hobbies when you're not working, volunteering, books you'd like to recommend, stuff like that. Hey, good idea about the books. Uh, that, that could be really helpful actually for the curriculum. Um, uh, Blitzscaling by Reid Hoffman, uh, VP of LinkedIn. Uh, actually, man, actually, you, you can see with the podcast, people don't see, but I got the shirt of Bits and Pretzel. Mm. Bits and Pretzels is a, a German event every year that gather all entrepreneurs uh, among Europe. And then you have like big, big uh, stakeholders related to, uh, to entrepreneurship, uh, marketing and stuff like this. And uh, one of them was, actually last year, you have two great VIP, Barack Obama and Reid Hoffman. Yes. So Barack Obama, obviously when he comes, it's really interesting. It's really, um, I mean, there's plenty of energy in the, in the speeches, in the presentation, and it, it was really, really interesting. But with Reid Hoffman, I discovered that with my previous startup, I used a blitzscaling strategy. That is, how can I scale, but really, really fast. Mm. And when I, when I read his book called Blitzscaling, I realized that I have everything in the book that can define my strategy as blitzscaling, except the funds, because you need unlimited funds. Mm. <laughs> you make error, trials and errors, back and forth, back and mm -hmm, forth. Mm -hmm. And 
as long as you get the good strategy in all the failures, you find good strategies, you implement and scale very fast. So that's really interesting as a strategy because I didn't even know that they used that strategy. And I discovered that one of the parameters was not okay. So it helped me to understand lots of things. And it's really interesting to read uh, actually. Okay, we'll definitely share a link um, about that in the post on Slack. And uh, how would you like to wrap up? Would you like to say anything specific to our colleagues? Obviously, because the situation currently is critical. So nothing about business, nothing about advice in life or something like this, but stay safe, take care of your family. And I really hope we will all meet all safe, all good during fall. And uh, cheers to that, my friend. I hope uh, we'll be able to pop a, a bottle of champagne <laughs> then after, after a good victory uh, for everyone. It seems like humanity is somewhat united at, at this point, you know, against a common enemy. So that's also uh, an interesting aspect to, uh, to see. And uh, I'd also like to uh, end by, saying, by thanking everyone for listening and by thanking you for uh, coming on the podcast and by uh, reminding everyone how lucky and fortunate we are to be fighting this uh, pandemic with the ability to be connecting with each other over the internet and the safety of our houses and uh, you know for the lucky ones to be surrounded by uh, by loved ones so uh, thanks again and uh, i hope to be talking to you soon thank you Fuad. thank you everybody talk to you soon right fantastic <laughs>